This is episode 283 with former kinesiologist, Roadrunners Club of America certified running coach, and the founder of the None to Run beginner running community, Mark Kennedy. Welcome to the Strength Running Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jason Fitzgerald, and this episode is for all the new runners. If you've been running for a year or less, or you just want to brush up on some fundamentals, this episode features common questions about heart rate, pacing, habits, strength training, how to get started running trails, static stretching, and more. My guest is the leader of the None to Run beginner community, Coach Mark Kennedy. Here on the Strength Running Podcast, I help you better understand the process of improvement. Because when you recognize knowledge as a competitive advantage, you'll be a much better runner. Feel free to connect with me anytime through the Strength Running YouTube channel, on Instagram at JasonFitz1, or our home base, strengthrunning.com. You'll find our award-winning blog, our free email courses, and our suite of training programs that focus on specific topics like injury prevention, weightlifting, direct coaching from me, and more. Learn more about those at strengthrunning.com coaching. And I'm very excited to introduce you to one of our newest sponsors, Prevenex. I've never partnered with a supplement company until now. Prevenex is, in my view, the best. They only use the most bioavailable, clinically tested ingredients, the optimal form and dose of each ingredient, pharmaceutical-grade manufacturing, testing of both raw ingredients and finished products, and for every purchase you make, they donate vitamins to kids in need. It's a supplement company that's voluntarily putting themselves under more scrutiny and holding themselves to higher standards than the rest of the market is typically. And look, look at me. I've been consistently taking their immune support and multivitamin over the last six to eight weeks or so, and not only do I feel great, but I've avoided getting any kind of illness this past fall and so far this winter. Get 15% off your order with code JASON15, it's not case sensitive, at Prevenex.com. That's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com with code JASON15 for 15% off your order. We're also supported by Inside Tracker. Created by experts in aging genetics and biometric data, Inside Tracker provides a personalized health analysis from the most relevant source, your own body. Get your blood tested to find the rate at which you're aging, recommendations to optimize your health, and any physiological red flags that might be negatively impacting your running. Now you can get 20% off their entire store at insidetracker.com strengthrunning with code strengthrunning. Get your own test at insidetracker.com strengthrunning and use code strengthrunning, no space, for 20% off. Okay, my friends, let's dive into this fun Q&A with Roadrunners Club of America certified coach, Mark Kennedy. Hey, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jason, good to talk to you again. Mark, it has been so long since we were sitting in a DC bar, enjoying a beer together, getting to know (laughs) what we were up to. When was that? Was that like 2012? It would have been... Yep, probably 2012 because I think I had, I've got two boys and I think my first one was very young and we went to visit my brother in Washington, D.C. So he was born at the end of 2011. So it would have been 2012. And um, 
you know, I've added another kid and you've since added three. So <laughs> <laughs> I know life has continued to go on. But yeah, we're making people over here. Um, no, that was that was such a good time getting to know you and your history with the sport. And and now you're doing such such amazing things with none to run that I thought it would be a really good opportunity to sit down with you and talk about some of the many beginner oriented running questions that often come across my desk and you have a very large community of new runners. So I thought you'd be a really good person to talk about some of these things. So for our listeners, these are listener questions that have come in that are a little bit more oriented toward, you know, the person who might be running, you know, uh, for six months or a year or who is just toying with the idea of starting to run. So I'm excited to hear what you think about these questions, Mark, um, they are very wide ranging. So we're going to jump all over the place. <laughs> and that's a good thing that'll keep things interesting. So let's start a little bit more with, with heart rate and pacing and effort. If someone's just getting started with running, I think one of the big questions is, how do I know how fast I should be running? And the question is, should I rely more on heart rate, on pace, on effort? What do you think? For for me, my thoughts, I mean, yours might be different, but I like to get people to learn how their body works and, and learn what their efforts feel like. Um, so it's, and that happens through feel. I think for me, like I, I sort of tell my runners to, you know, go slow and judge your effort based on, you know, a 10 point, 10 point, you know, perceived effort scale. If they want to get a little bit technical where 10 being, you know, all out sprint, you can't go any faster, any longer. And one being, you know, basically like a walk. Um, so I, you know, I err on the side of caution and get my beginner runners to go, you know what, you want to be down in like the three, four, five area. If you start get, jumping up past there, it's probably too much too soon. And of course the, um, the standard sort of talk test is a great one too. If you find you can't talk, you know, and, in a full sentence, you're, you're gasping for breath. Um, you're probably going a bit too fast. Um, you know, of course, there's a place for those type of efforts, you know, as you progress into wanting to improve your speed, 5K, 10K, and so forth. You know, you introduce tempo workouts and intervals and so forth. But for beginners, I try to tell them, you know, use that talk test as a guideline. And that's a, it's a good starting point, I think. Yeah, that's, that's a really good starting point. And, and I completely agree that effort is probably where most new runners should really focus on because, you know, if they're focusing on pace, well, what's an appropriate pace for them? They really have no history or experience to answer that question with, right? So it, that aspect of things is very clear to me. You know, pace is, is almost irrelevant because you don't have any race history. You don't have any training history. So how do you know how to pace yourself? Um, you can't use pacing. You can't use actual minutes per mile or minutes per kilometer. And heart rate is an interesting one too, because so many new runners, their heart rate's going to be really high most of the time anyway. And I've always found that even if their heart rate's really high, their perceived effort might be kind of low. And many of these runners just need to do a lot of zone one, zone two, maybe flirt with zone three a little bit. Um, but, you know, keep it to like a, a first date level. Don't go overboard. <laughs> and, <laughs> and through all of that zone one, zone two, maybe zone three running, 
that's where you build the aerobic fitness to allow your heart rate to be a little bit more manageable during those easy efforts. So that's sort of my thought process on things because, you know, the new runner is such an interesting case study, right? It's this person who doesn't have the experience to use pace and doesn't really have the fitness to use heart rate. So we have to just rely on how you feel. Isn't that frustrating though to the new runner because they they want a more concrete answer? How do you deal with that part of things? It is, um, you know, it's so common too. like people, you know, they do their first run and they look at their pace and they're automatically, you know, looking at others, you know, in the community or wherever they're seeing other runners on Strava, Instagram, and they're looking at their pace and they're comparing and yeah, it takes time and education, but, you know, I try to educate people that, you know, everyone's on their own journey. You can't, you can't compare yourself to others. Um, and the running is a journey too. Like there's no, there's no finish line. So you're better to start slow and build yourself up, you know, slowly progress, slowly minimize your chance of injury as opposed to, you know, trying to get as fast as quickly as possible. It's not sustainable from sort of a habits standpoint and a mindset standpoint, but also physically. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm a big believer in taking things slow, recognizing that running is such a long-term endeavor that you really can't push things too fast in in short time periods. Um, Now you have mentioned sustainability and habits, which I think is some of the most important aspects of starting to run and being a new runner. How do you develop the consistency, the habit of running regularly if you're not used to exercising regularly because i think this is where a lot of a lot of runners get tripped up in creating that consistent habit because that's really the key right you know i I always say there's no secret to becoming a good runner but if there was the secret's consistency that's the secret sauce you know got to run consistently because if that's not there nothing else can be there right so how do we get started with that very important concept yeah, no, I agree with that. I think I've stolen that term from you. The, the secret sauce is consistency. And yeah, that's the big question. How do you build that consistency? And sort of what I've learned and, and also through really good resources and, and a book called Atomic Habits, which probably have many readers or many of your listeners have, have read, um, is you s- start out really small. And, you know, in, in my Nandaran group, um, the first run in our beginner plan is you're literally doing intervals of 30 seconds of running. Uh, and for many, they're like, this is, this is too easy. And, and that's kind of the point. It's to make it easy. So you want to go do it again. Because um, if you make it too hard, and I've been a victim of this. I've actually started you know, doing a bit more running. I got more into biking, but I'm doing more running now. And it sometimes sucks to go out and punish yourself time after time. And you're just like, I don't want to do a hard workout. It's, you know, I'm in Toronto, it's minus 10 degrees Celsius out. I don't want to go out and kill myself. So for me, I've had to be more gentle on myself. Like, you know what, go out and it's, you're better to go out and have an easy workout than you are, you know, going out, killing yourselves and not wanting to go for another week. Um, so it's really just starting small and giving yourself the permission to slow down and consistency trumps everything. It's just just get out for, on all your runs and just ignore the pace. Some runs will feel good. Some will not. I was listening to a habit expert a while back talk about how to create the habit of flossing your teeth every day. 
And the advice was to floss one tooth. That's it. <laughs> that's in James Clear's book too, I think, that reference. Yeah, the Atomic Habits book. And maybe that's where I got it from. Uh, I was probably listening to him talk about something like that. But it, it's so interesting how you have to start somewhere and it's often not really where you want to be starting. You want to be running the 30 miles a week, doing the long run, the, the, the sexy workout that's going to look good on Strava. But if you are struggling to build the habit, it's so much more beneficial to take this really sort of easy approach to your training. Like let's make most days easy so that we actually get out there so that we experience fewer setbacks. And that I think is the most effective approach because once you make it easy and you just kind of take these little bites out of this whole project of being a runner after a couple of weeks, you're like, okay, I'm doing this regularly. Now I can take it up a level. Now I can start running a little bit more or lengthening those run breaks. And it just becomes a lot more easy to do. Yeah. No, I, I tell my runners too, like if you've got your running clothing on, your running shoes laced up and you get out your front door, like y- you've already won. Um, you're, yeah, that, that's, that's the success, big check mark. And then anything else that happens over that, you're, you know, you're, you're good to go. Now, Mark, I'm curious, um, you know, what if someone is just starting to run after a very long break from running, let's say a couple of years, and they're curious because they're thinking about their past training history, their past fitness level, what distance should they start with for their first run back? And then, you know, how many days a week is, is an appropriate number of days for this kind of runner? Yeah. Good question. It, it, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I get a lot of people come to me and, you know, and and I'm curious, like they'll email me their story and their running history and they'll say, yep, I used to run, you know, half marathons all the time and, um, you know, 10 Ks and used to run this pace and I'm, you know, take a step back. I'm kind of like, why, why are you emailing me? Like, you know, all this, but, um, where I think a lot of people, it runners that have, have had a history of running, they, they get to know their body and, and what it takes and, um, and how long it takes to build up. Like we, you know, going back in our conversation. Um, so fortunately those ones, they have a bit of background and they know it, it takes a while. So, you know, again, I get them to ignore your, your past successes. Cause you know, maybe 10 years has passed by since you've run, uh, or maybe you've, you know, gained 10 pounds, 20 pounds. Um, you're, you're working a high uh, impact, busy job. Um, you know, life takes over, but again, the message to them is like, be gentle on yourself, start slow. They know how long it takes to get back. Um, I recommend for most of them starting running like three times a week and then sprinkle in, uh, and never running on consecutive days. So always take a one day off in between, you know, they can do some activities in between, like, you know, it's just not running You know, do swimming, do yoga, do some stretching, that type of thing, but never run on consecutive days. And start to drip in a little bit of strength training um, to get that base um, stronger, uh, help you avoid, minimize the chance of injuries. And sort of my rule of thumb for that is you can do the strength work on the same days as you run. Just don't do it before you run. You know, prioritize your run. You can do it after or do it on your your days off. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, it's usually I sort of get them, you know, three days a week. And distance, I mean, yeah, that all depends on, you know, what kind of fitness, of course, they're coming in with, uh, how much running they've done before. Um, 
that type of thing. But for real beginners, like it's usually not even distance based. I like to recommend doing it time based because um, your body only knows how long it was out there pounding the pavement. So if you, you know, once you allocate a distance to a run, I find people all of a sudden want to attach a pace to that distance, cover that distance faster. So for me, for the beginners, um, I just say run, run by time. Yeah, I, I can't really agree more with that. I think the distance-based training approach is, is is probably, in my opinion, the best training approach, but not for beginner runners because of exactly what you said. You know, as soon as you say run three miles, they're going to say, ooh, I wonder if I can do that in under 30 minutes. And yeah. then all of a sudden it becomes a performance-oriented type of run when that's not what you want whatsoever. You really just want it based on that easy effort, you know, three to five out of that scale of one to 10, like you were mentioning before. Um, and yeah, I mean, do, do, when you say time-based, are you saying like, okay, let's go out for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, or is it longer than that? Um, yeah. I mean, the first run sort of for the beginners that come through, um, my plans it's it's 25 minutes total and so that that includes a five minute warm-up walk so um it's you know 20 minutes of of run walk so you know they're on their feet for 25 minutes and um you know and i get people to pay attention to not necessarily like how much distance or or in how much running was in a particular workout but you know really look at like hey how long were you on your feet for like you know the walking counts like don't don't discount the walking, the warm up. All that time is time on your feet, and you're getting out there and you're raising your heart rate, getting into that you know zone one, zone two, cardio zone. So, um, yeah, I tell them just yeah, don't don't discount um, you know all those those intervals and, and the warm up walk, and really just look at the time on your feet. Yeah, time on feet's important part. I- isn't it funny the parallels between when you're a new runner and trail running? You know, like time on feet as a trail runner is very important. And I'll go out in the trails here in Colorado and I'll run, let's just say 10 miles, but it'll take me 40 minutes longer than it will here in the city of Denver because I'm running some gnarly terrain. I'm up at higher altitude. I'm, you know, running uphill, you know, really up mountains for some of that run. And you, you just, you can't really use distance. You have to use time. And I've always thought it was very interesting how the approach to training for a trail runner is somewhat similar to the approach to training as a beginner because of very different constraints, but similar constraints nonetheless. Huh. I love, I've never actually thought of that parallel because most of the people that, that I work with don't run trails. Um, but it does remind me of a woman I did a, a call with and she lives like right in the heart of San Francisco and um, in her, in her run walk program, she was struggling because sometimes she would end a running interval uh, on a really steep hill. And so she'd be doing her walk her recovery walk on a super steep hill and she couldn't recover enough for her next running interval. So I was like, huh, that that's interesting. So I had to like, you know, think about it. I'm like, what does it look like if you, you know, once you finish that running interval, you turn around and you, you do your recovery walk going downhill instead of uphill. And she's like, oh yeah, it's a good point. So anyways, yeah, you've got to get creative because the the terrain is, is unforgiving. So you, yeah, you got to look at your time. 
I was I was going to say turn around and walk up the hill backwards because you're going to be going so much slower and it's a, just a different stress on your body. But yeah, going, that's going a good down one the hill is probably better. <laughs> well, both can work. <laughs> now, we did mention trail running really briefly. I, I did get a question about, you know, trail running for beginners is do you think trail running is just too hard for a beginner runner to start with? You know, how do we think about this question? I mean, I love running on trails, but I get that question once in a while, or it kind of, it goes back to people, they live in an area where they're like, I can't find a flat area to run. Um, and so if someone comes to me with you know the question of, of that, or they, they live on trails that are, are not flat, um, again, yeah, basically echo what you said, you really have to go back and focus on your effort and ignore your pace. And, you know, sometimes that might mean you're doing a running interval or your run and, you know, your heart is at, you know, you're up zone two, even you creep into zone three, which is fine, but you're going like a turtle pace. And I'm like, if that's the pace you need to go at to, to stay in your, your perceived effort level, then that's the pace you need to go. So, um, yeah. And of course there's always the, the safety Safety issues of running on trails, you know, um, making sure you're safe and running at night and your footing and so forth. There's a there's a whole other element of um, of things to consider, which uh, I'm sure you you know a lot about uh, more than me because you're running trails a lot more living in Colorado. But um, yeah, those are the things I would think about. Yeah, I- I'm not super concerned with the footing. I mean, I, I think you do get better at you navigating some of that more technical terrain with experience. So if you're a beginner and you're not really sure, you know, it's just, it's just going to be, you're, you're dancing along the trail rather than (laughs) running along the trail. Right. Um, and so I'm not too concerned with that. You know, you can always just slow down, uh, even the best trail runners in the world trip and fall on their faces, you know, a couple times a year comes with the territory. (laughs) It's more the elevation changes, which can be a real challenge for beginners because that increases their heart rate. They just don't have the fitness built up yet to handle those those bigger uphills. Now, I've also run trails that are completely flat. So it totally depends on the trail, in my view. You know, if, if you're going to do very technical, high altitude, you know, running up a mountain type trails, I would say, let's save that for, you know, six months from now when you've built up some fitness. But if you're just going to go run in the local conservation land for a mile or two, and there's some clear, flat dirt paths, I think that's probably even better than running out on the road. So yeah, not all trails are made the same. So it totally depends. Yeah, no, I agree. Now you also mentioned strength training, and I can't agree with you more that I think strength training is probably the most important for likely two cohorts of runners. There's the beginner runner, and then there's the more performance oriented runner. So much like the parallels between trail running and beginners, I think there's some real parallels with strength training and beginner runners and more performance oriented runners. How do beginners get started with strength training that is going to help their running? You know, we obviously don't want to be in the weight room, you know, throwing around as much weight as possible, trying to get as big as possible. That's not really going to help our running goals. But how do we build that habit, especially if we're not someone who's used to exercising regularly? Yeah, no, yeah, I echo the sentiments about strength training. It's, you know, as important as the running itself, if you want to be, you know, a runner for life. 
Um, and I take the same sort of philosophy with the strength training as I do the running, um, especially for people who are coming off the couch that either never run or haven't run in 10, 15 years. Um, it's the same philosophies, start slow, start gentle, um, build the habit and make it super easy. So they come back for more thinking, wow, that wasn't that bad. Um, and what that translates into as far as like what a sample little routine would be, um, for, you know, the first three, four weeks, of um, my beginner plan, I just I literally have people doing body weight squats, um, maybe a, a glute bridge thrown in there, and then um, you know a plank. It's you know it's the, maybe those three exercises. Maybe there's one or two more, but super simple things that can translate um, into the running, um, and you know no weights, just just body weight, and. Um, yeah. And perform that, you know, maybe two times a week to start and you can you know ramp that up to maybe three times a week as you get stronger and uh, you build up your confidence. But um, yeah, keep it, keep it super simple and, uh, you know, progress from there. And then of course, as you get a bit stronger and you, you get accustomed to those exercises, you can introduce some new ones or some progressions, you know, maybe you're going from a front plank to a side plank or, you know, instead of, body weight squats or introducing like a lunge or a side lunge just to work those um, dynamic movements in at different angles and um, challenge the body a bit more. I often deal with a runner who is new to running, but isn't new to lifting weights. You know, maybe they come from a team sport background. Maybe they're just really into weightlifting. And so this is a very different type of runner than the runner who's new to all exercise. They're new to running, but you know, they know their way around the weight room. How would you advise this kind of runner to maybe change their weightlifting habits a little bit so that it's a bit more conducive to their new running habit? Yeah. I mean, I think in, from that standpoint, you want the weight training to complement their running and improve their running and not, you know, take away from their running. Like you don't want to, you know, one, to take too much bandwidth of your time and leave you no time for running, um, soreness, you know, if you're doing, you know, deadlifts with 300 pounds and it leaves you sore for three days, well, that's not going to help your running either. Um, and then looking at, you know, just making sure you're doing functional stuff for running. So it's strengthening those areas that need to be targeted for running. And that might include, you know, some lunges, um, maybe improving the, the tightness and the strength of your core, um, and not doing the stuff that's, you know, the muscles that are, you know, for show, um, that you, you know, you don't, you don't need massive lats for running, for example. But Mark, I want to look good at the beach. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can't have it all, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the way I think about this too, is it, it also depends on how often this hypothetical athlete is in the gym. So if you're lifting heavy weight, like a bodybuilder five or six days a week, you know, one of my suggestions is to lift less. Let's just not spend as much time in the weight room. Well, yeah, it's what do you what are your goals? I mean, what's what's your priority or is it is it getting ripped or is it becoming a better runner? So I think, you know, start there and then you tailor your your workouts and program accordingly. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, there are certainly physiologically competing goals, right? Like you can't if someone comes to you and is like, I'm gonna train for my first one hundred mile race 
and this bodybuilding competition that I'd like to enter, you know, those, those goals are, are somewhat contradictory and you're likely going to just end up being mediocre at both rather than excelling at one of them. Yeah. It's like, it's like a hundred meter Olympic champ wanting to compete in that and the marathon in the same Olympics. It's like, you know, you're probably hurting your chances in both. Right. Right. You're, you're probably not going to be, you're going to be last place in both probably. (laughs) 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 So that's a, it's a good way of thinking about things, figure out what you want to do and then train accordingly. So, um, let's talk about a specific training goal. Um, let's say there's a runner that has been training, running consistently for a couple months. One of the questions I received was how long should it take to train for a marathon? Now, this is a loaded question because it, it completely depends on what this kind of runner is up to in their current training, right? So um, what do you think? How long should it take based on a couple different runner profiles? Yeah, say someone started from you know, ground zero and they, they've been running for a couple months. Um, you know, so they've built up a bit of endurance and strength, um, you know, and that might get them to running, you know, a five, five K comfortably, maybe they're creeping up towards like a 10 K, but, um, yeah, I mean, if you're starting from ground zero, like I, you know, I'd be hesitant to say you, you'd want to run a marathon in less than a year's time. Um, unless you have gotten, you know, sort of a run walk strategy in place and you're, you know, purely looking just to, to finish and there's no time goals related to that, to that goal. Um, yeah. And if you've got performance goals in mind, like, yeah, I'd say you need like sort of at least a year of, you know, solid, consistent running with, uh, accompanying strength training. I sort of have the unpopular opinion that new runners shouldn't really run marathons. I, I think the marathon is a distance that is extraordinarily difficult. I think it's a distance that needs to be respected And it takes a long time to get comfortable running for hours and also running for hours, you know, at a decent clip, not at a pace that's, you know, your, your very slow plodding jogging recovery pace, but a pace that you actually want to run a marathon at. And I typically like to tell runners, let's be comfortable running, say a 10 mile or 16 kilometer long run, at least 16 to 18 weeks out from the marathon. Right. So that's sort of my, my very basic baseline rule. If you're not comfortable running that kind of a long run that far out from the marathon, you likely don't have the time to build the distance safely because it's all about building your long run so that you can actually finish the marathon distance. What surprised me actually, and I've heard from a lot of people uh, in, in my sort of running audience is a lot of them do, they, they build up to a marathon, but, um, they never have visions of running, uh, continue running continuously for a marathon. They're perfectly happy to, to do sort of a run walk strategy, which, you know, Jeff Galloway, um, made very popular and, and that's awesome. Like if that's, that's what you want to do, that that's amazing. Like just doing a marathon in itself is a fantastic feat. So, um, yeah, anyways, that surprised me that a lot of people, um, they're not that concerned about running the whole thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you that finishing a marathon is something that so few people do. 
And, and because I think it's a very difficult event, I'm always impressed by anybody who, who runs a marathon. Um, but I, I just want them to have a good time doing it and stay healthy during the training process and the race itself. Yeah. I mean, I, my first marathon, I was humbled. I thought I was decent and the, the, the marathon, it crushed me. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, yeah. you and me both, buddy. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember I ran my first marathon in uh, Dublin, Ireland, and I was about 30K through. And my wife had found her way to where I was in the course, and I ran by, and she just looked at me and she's like, Are you okay? Like, my face was like white. Um, my, you know, my running form had totally deteriorated. Um, yeah, it was that last, you know, 12.2K or whatever was, uh, it was a struggle. Oh, everyone has a nightmare first marathon story, right? I remember my first marathon. It, and this, I think, is funny because I was so confident going into this race. You know, I was a couple years out of college. I had run cross country and track in college. So, you know, I felt quick. I felt fast. I was like, hey, I'm a competitive runner. I should be successful at this distance. And it was the most humbling experience of my life to run the 2008 New York City Marathon, thinking I was going to run like 236, negative split the race, <laughs> and you know, finish with a 530 mile through Central Park. No, no, no. It was the most cliche experience ever. I hit the wall at mile 20. At mile 24, like the senior citizen came flying by me and, and put me in my place and really taught me that you know, my youthfulness is, is not worth as much here on this marathon course. <laughs> and it made me respect the distance a lot more. And, and I think I, I try to bring that into my coaching where, look, this is hard and it's going to humble you. Let's make sure that we're actually prepared for this distance and not rush into things because, uh, you know, you, not only can you get hurt, but you just leave the race feeling like, oh man, I, this is a failure. I didn't accomplish what I was setting out to do if you slow down so much by the end. Yeah. And then, and then after the race, you say, I'm never doing that again. And then a week later you sign up for your next one. Yeah. Well, if I did <laughs> these things differently in my training, I'd do so much better. Right? That <laughs> yeah. Typical runner's mentality. Yeah, totally. Now let's do a couple quick questions before we wrap for today. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, static stretching for beginners? I, I you almost always get this question from beginners. Yeah. I, I don't, I've gone back and forth on stretching a lot and the advice I sort of give now and a lot of them come to me like, where's, you know, do you have a stretching routine? And, and I, I tell, I don't really prescribe any stretching. I said, you know, do a, you know, dynamic warm up and obviously include the strength training in your, in your program. Um, but only stretch, if you like stretching, if it, if it makes you feel better and, and faster, then I say, go for it, stretch. Um, for me, I've never found that much value in stretching. I've never felt it's added a lot of value to my running. Obviously, you need to have, you know, a su sufficient range of motion to go through the, the running motion properly. But once you've got that... Um, yeah, my, my advice is sort of, you know, stretch if you like it and enjoy it and you maybe enjoy doing yoga. I say go for it. But if it's not your thing, you know, do focus on the running, the, the dynamic warm up and your strength training. Yeah, I'm in 100% agreement with you there. Um, 
What about for the runner who who gets bored when they go running? How do you pass the time mentally when you're out there running? Oh, good question. Actually, had um, his name escapes me now, but um, sort of a sports psychologist specialist write a blog article for me, and he had some amazing tips. Um, you know, one thing I do is, um, you know, in their in their earbuds in some of my running plans, there's there's audio cues, and it sort of tells people. You know, if they're doing a good job, it tells gives you their splits, tells them when they're halfway, which is um, a huge thing. People like to know. They don't like to know anything up until the halfway because it's demoralizing. <laughs> but psychologically, they like to know once they're past halfway that they're, you know, those kilometers or miles are, are checking off or the intervals are checking off. And so they're getting close to being finished. Um, music is super helpful. Like I don't – I. I don't listen to music anymore or podcasts. I kind of, it just clutters my mind. But for many, it's super motivating and they love it. It keeps their mind off the running. Um, the one thing with music and, and listening to things too is, is they make sure you it doesn't take away from your um, noticing things with your body and your breath. I find often if you got music cranked, you can't really hear, oh, wow, I'm actually breathing super hard right now. So, you know, you always want to stay tuned with your body. But music super helpful. Um, also, you know, a running buddy, amazingly, and for accountability purposes, um, I do a lot of road biking now, and um, I've got you know, two guys in my neighborhood. We meet at five thirty in the morning on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and that accountability is huge for you know just making yourself that you're there and motivating you because you know, like, hey, I got to get there. These guys are they're waiting at the corner three blocks away. It's you know, five degrees Celsius. And if I don't show up, I'm really letting them down. Um, and then, you know, having small achievable goals, um, community is huge too. If you've got people you can share your journey with, um, that's, that's important. And you can, you know, find that in different places. There's lots of really good online communities for runners, beginner runners. Um, there's also perhaps, you know, running clubs at your local running shop. Um, finding a group of runners who's like at the same stage of you is super, super helpful and motivating. Yeah, I'll echo the community aspect of things. Um, I feel like when I started running, I had a cheat code available to me because I started running for a team and I had a coach and I had so much accountability built into my training all the time. You know, I had to go to practice every day. And if I'm skipping practice for bad reasons, I'm just going to get kicked off the team. And I don't want that to happen. Right. And then later in life, it was running with friends and making sure that I had those training buddies who were relying on me. That I think is likely the most effective way at keeping you consistent and accountable and actually on track with your training. Because, you you know, the last thing you want to do is is let people down who are who are relying on you. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm also amazed that you're cycling in the winter in Toronto, Mark, are, are you crazy? Well, Hey, that, that temperature I alluded to, that was actually the spring. <laughs> that, no. That's a spring temperature. Um, but no, okay. we're not actually some, we're now we don't have any snow, but, um, some people do ride all year, which is crazy. Um, I don't, I typically have a bike trainer. I'll train, you know, inside on my bike trainer. And then, um, yeah, funny enough, I do more of my running in the winter than I do the summer here because I like to bike a lot. And I've got this local cycling club that I'm a member of. But um, I actually like running in the winter and the snow and stuff. I don't know about you. Yeah, winter training is in a lot of ways a little bit easier than summer training. And I always like to 
to take out one of my best friends is a, is a very good runner, but he used to say in the summer, or no, <laughs> I got to get this right. He said in the heat, I don't compete, which is a great way of saying uh, it's just too hot to really do anything too hard or fast. So that's a great time for like base building or like long rides, like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. All right, Mark, one more quick question for you. This is a very common beginner one. How do I get started with running and not ruin my knees? Yeah, good question. A lot of people come in with knee issues or past knee issues. Um, I mean, I think there is a little bit of a misconception. Again, I think there's scientific research out there and there's been articles written in various places that, you know, running in itself does not destroy your knees. It's not going to give you bad knees as you age. If anything, it's actually going to... strengthen your knees and you'll have less knee issues as you uh, age and and get older. Um, But with anything, with any body part or injury concern, it goes back to starting slow, start where you're at, progress super slowly, um, include the strength conditioning. And, um, you know, I'm having to go that right now. I actually tweaked my MCL a few weeks ago and, um, funny story. I went to the physio and he gave me some great exercises. And I asked when I could, when he thought I should start running, he's like, well, are you familiar with the a run walk protocol? I'm very familiar. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyways, um, building up slowly. Um, and then, you know, pay attention to your body, listen to your body. If you notice things deteriorating, your knees, you know, bothering you more, uh, the more you run, then, you know, take a step back and then maybe that's the, the time you, you know, check in with your your physician or whoever your medical professional is that you normally deal with. Um, but yeah, listen to your body. If you find running makes things, you know, get worse, you check in. If you find it staying the same, well, just just pay attention to that as well. Yeah, Mark, you're actually right that running is protective of your knees. But, you know, also, like you said, you can use running to destroy your knees if you do it improperly. You know, if you go from zero to 10 miles a day, you're probably going to get hurt and it might be your knee. <laughs> uh, whereas uh, if you are gradual, and I think what you mentioned is, is really key. There's like the, the three-part, you know, solution to this problem. It's number one, go gradually, go slowly. Progressive overload has to happen, you know, according to your body's desires, not your training plan or what you think you, how you should be progressing. And then there's also like be consistent with strength training because we do want to protect our joints from all the impact forces of running. Um, and then there's the listen to your body, make sure that you're going to the PT if things are feeling a little bit off. And, and I think that's a really good approach, but for anyone who thinks that running is inherently bad for your knees, it's not true. It's actually protective. And I think that's a, a very encouraging thing. No, absolutely. So, yep, keep keep running. Keep running. It actually, it can be protective of your knees, especially as you get older. And I think both of us want to keep running well, well into our golden years. Um, now, you've one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because of your None to Run community. And you are just immersed in the beginner runner community. A lot of folks who are getting started to run, you know, learning about the sport, maybe thinking about 
getting involved in their first 5k, their first race is just so exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've built? Sure. Yep. Um, Nandaran is basically, it's a resource, um, community and an app for all tailored for beginner runners, like people starting from ground zero and, um, you know, place where they can build up. Um, it's a place where you'll find other beginner runners like you, which is super important. Um, you know, I talked to someone the other day and I was like, how'd you find Nandaran? He's like, well, I just did some research on the internet and I came across your site and I saw pictures of people who looked like me. And, and that was, you know, it, it's easy to go to like, you know, runner's world and other you know, various resources for runners. And you see these super fit, thin people and, you know, people can be quick and that that's not me. I'll never be a runner, but no, like, anyone can be a runner and runners come in all shapes and sizes. So Nine to Run is a place for it's you know super inclusive. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's a runner. If you if you throw on those shoes and you get outside or on the treadmill, like you're, you're a runner. So it's just a place where we really echo that sentiment and trying to get people to realize that there there isn't one image of what a runner looks like, um, and, and anyone can be a runner. You know if they you know do the right things um, and, and start slowly. Um, so yeah, that that's the gist of it. Um, we've got you know blog articles. There's the app, um, running plans. Um, but the thing that I enjoy the most, and I think a lot of people find useful, is just there's a community aspect um, where all these beginner runners come in and they share their workouts. They ask each other questions. They'll you know, get gear recommendations. Um, just a place where there's people like them, which is they feel belong, like they belong. I love it. You're, you're really helping the sport grow by getting more people involved in it and helping those new runners develop the the healthy habits that are going to have them have some longevity in the sport. And I just think that's awesome. So Mark, thanks for all you do for the running community. Um, I've known you for about 10 plus years now, and uh, you've always been someone who has been so supportive of, of all the runners in your life. And I've always picked that up on you. So thanks for everything. Thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, I guess my goal too, also none to run is, you know, once these people, they graduate from me, they, they're going to come into your world and they're going <laughs> to work on getting even stronger and faster and tackling those mountains and trails. So, uh, anyways, thanks. Thanks for all you do for the running community as well. Appreciate that, Mark. Thanks again. Thank you. That's our show today, my friends. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to pay it forward, please rate and review the show, share it with your running friends or club, or invest in a training program at strengthrunning.com. You can also support our sponsors who help me keep the lights on over here. Use their links and discount codes to support the Strength Running Podcast. First up, Inside Tracker, a company that's been around for more than 10 years to help you optimize your health, longevity, and performance. Learn more at insidetracker.com slash strengthrunning and use code strengthrunning to save 20% on their entire store. To live your healthiest, longest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside your body. People age at different speeds and generic annual blood work doesn't properly evaluate your biological age, but Inside Tracker does. Inside Tracker is a truly personalized nutrition and performance system designed to extend your health span and slow down the aging process. Created by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. 
You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. You can also add inner age 2.0 to any plan, and that'll help calculate your true biological age and see how you're aging from the inside out. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash strengthrunning. That's insidetracker.com forward slash strengthrunning. Next, go get yourself 15% off anything at prevenex.com with code JASON15. Now, after resisting most supplements for the better part of my entire life, I'm cautiously changing my tune. I'm less than a year from being a master's runner, and in my personal life, I'm trying to optimize for longevity. I want to be my healthiest self for as long as possible, and I'm excited to partner with Prevenex to make that happen. Prevenex is unique in that they hold themselves to standards that aren't required in the supplement industry. They use the most bioavailable, clinically effective ingredients, they do raw ingredient testing and finished product testing, and they use the proper amounts of vitamins and other ingredients in their products at levels where studies actually show you get clinical benefits. The science is on their side, and I love how they hold themselves more accountable than other supplement companies. Not only that, but they have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and they donate vitamins to kids in need for every order. But most importantly is how I feel. I genuinely feel better the more consistent I am with both their multivitamin and their immune support product. I've avoided strep throat that my seven-year-old had recently. My five-year-old just had a weird cough and I just feel more energized during the day. So the fact that I haven't gotten sick at all and I feel better with more clarity, I feel more productive, it's just amazing. And I just feel like I'm playing life with a cheat code that levels me up by 20%. You guys know that I'm practical, I'm pragmatic, and I love to focus on what works. I believe Prevenex works, and I hope you experience the same benefits as I do. Use code JASON15, no capitalization required, at Prevenex.com. You can try their immune support that I'm taking, or you can explore other options like Nurify, which is a vitamin carb protein combination shake that I've really been enjoying. It's just a great way to get in a huge dose of great protein and nutrition when you might not have all the time in the world. So again, use code JASON15 for 15% off your order at Prevenex.com. Okay, that's our show, friends. Support us by using our sponsor links, reviewing the podcast, getting a training program for yourself at strengthrunning.com slash coaching. Feel free to reach out to me anytime if you need any help with your running. You can find me through the strengthrunning.com website, or you can message me on Instagram. My handle is Jason Fitz one We'll be in touch soon. 